I know you're out there. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. The Chris Ann Hall Show. Any varmint that crosses that lady's path has met its match. Come on! Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com. Liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Today, we are filming an episode of the Chrisanne Hall Show along with the Chrisanne Hall Radio Show. So the television show and the radio show at the same time. And those of you who are watching the television show, you already see that I have three wonderful guests with me, two beautiful ladies and a handsome, handsome man. Mr. Patrick, you are the rose between the thorns. <laughs> Is that how that works? <laughs> but I love uh, spending time with our young patriots, and these three people absolutely qualify for that. I do want to remind you while we're um, you know, in the sort of housekeeping matters that we do have a television show, and you can watch the television show at chrisannhall.com. You can go to the television show link and find out how to watch the show. We are also, oh, if I can ever really motivate myself to do the time, find the time to do, we're going to upload these shows to YouTube channel. We have the first episode uploaded, and I promise I will do that as soon as possible. And I also want to remind you to share our mobile app and this show with all your friends. We are trying very hard to get the listenership of this show up. And obviously, if you are listening and you are watching, you know the value of what we have here. We are not your average show. We do not lay blame, point fingers, and we do not have colossally ignorant experts like you might find on some of our conservative shows. If you want, if you listened to the show yesterday, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But anyway, uh, we endeavor to bring you truth, taking uh, contemporary issues and bringing them into a constitutional perspective. Today, we are going to take advantage of our special guests and do a special interview. And, you know, one of the most frustrating things that I see as I travel is that the older people they don't have very nice things to say about our younger generation. And they're always talking about how you guys don't care, about how you're more worried about, you know, texting and Facebooking and what's happening on the computers or now Pokemon Go, Go right? And so I want to introduce you to my audience of older patriots to show them that there is a future in America that we can have hope for because, you know... You guys inspire me. You guys give me hope and you guys make me uh, want to do what I'm doing. And so one by one, what I want you to do is introduce yourselves. And in, in your introduction, I want you to not only tell us your name, where you're from, and if you're okay, tell us how old you are. And then give us a brief introduction to you in the way of how you were introduced to these 
uh, foundational constitutional principles. And we'll start with you, Tegan. Hi, I'm Tegan James, and I'm from Grinnell, Iowa. Uh, that's my hometown. I go to school in uh, Hillsdale, Michigan at Hillsdale College. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> yes, um... I would say... What, let me interrupt you. What is your major at Hillsdale? Um, I'm a politics major, possibly double majoring with history, but that's yet to be seen. So I'm kind of... I love this stuff, and um, that's what I'm studying. So inter interning with Chris mm -hmm. Ann is a huge blessing and so exciting for me at this time. So how did you become introduced to these constitutional principles then? Well, I think I was first introduced to constitutional principles... Um, in my junior year of high school during my AP U.S. government class, um, I was immediately struck by how little many of my most well-educated students or, and peers um, didn't really know about the Constitution. And I, for one, didn't know much either. Um, and it, it, it dawned on me that there aren't people standing up for liberty in, in, in like the people that are our age. Um, well, let me let me interrupt for just one second because it's very curious to me. You were, it dawned on you that people weren't standing up for liberty, but we're missing a beginning step here, because I find so many people have no idea about liberty, mm -hmm. so they wouldn't know, you know, to notice that nobody's standing up for it. What made you uh, have this vision of liberty then, and then wonder why people weren't standing up for it? Well, ever all of my peers discussed more about. Um, what is best for the whole or security for all of us. Um, but no one seemed to really care or even know about their individual rights. Mm -hmm. And that bothered me a great deal. And there was maybe a couple of my other peers who felt the same way, um, but definitely not a majority. Was it something that you just was a feeling yes. inside of you yeah it, it like during class i would sit there and i would feel that something was not right uh -huh. something um did not seem to be complete and um i i respect my government teacher a whole lot he he really embedded a passion mm -hmm. for for politics and the constitution in me um so i appreciate that a whole lot but yes i did feel that this is not the way things are supposed to be. And our youth are supposed to be more concerned about what is going on and what went on in the past that is still affecting us and influencing us today. Wonderful. Your turn. My name is Elizabeth Manley, and I'm from uh, Kamii, Idaho. It's a small, very small rural town. And um, I first became interested in constitutional um, subjects, I guess you'd say. Honestly, through Mrs. Hall. Uh, she came down... <laughs> she came down um, June of last year, and I... Honestly, it, it seemed by chance. At this point, I know it was not, but I, it seemed by chance that I just happened to make it to an hour class that she taught and was absolutely blown away by the stuff that I didn't know. And um, after hearing that and understanding that I didn't know those imperative facts, I, I ended up interning with her 
and have learned incredible, incredible, uh, phenomenal things from her. Let me interrupt you for a second. Just to introduce the audience, Tegan is an intern with me right now, mm-hmm. and Elizabeth was my first intern. Those of you who are longtime listeners and, and viewers of this show, you know we also had an intern in the middle, Rosalie from, from Utah. But this is such a blessing to me to have these young people come with me and help me and, and be able to attend all of these classes. And we're going to be talking about some of that a little bit later. But I want to introduce Patrick. So, Patrick, well, introduce yourself. Yeah. Uh, I'm Patrick Cernick, 18 years old. Um, I got interested in constitutional matters from my family. My family has very much been embroiled in it uh, for a while. My father spent 10, 11 years, I think it is, uh, in the Appleseed Project, which is a rifle marksmanship training I love Appleseed. We talk about Appleseed on my show all the time. Yes, Appleseed, good. (laughs) (laughs) Go to an event. Um, Yes. How how do they find Appleseed? You find Appleseed, I believe it's it's gone through many different changes of names trying to find one that wasn't taken. Well, okay, so you introduce um, yourself, and I will find it on the internet here so we can get everybody to an Appleseed function. How's that? Yeah, that sounds good. So um, my, my father did that for 11 years along with one of my sisters and I was at the time too young but when I was 11 I finally got to go to one of my uh, my first appleseed shoot so I found it it's appleseedinfo.org there you go does that sound right i mean that's the page yep, right that's it so appleseedinfo.org they even have a map that you can click on and find an event in your location just give me a little plug on appleseed so i was in the army Okay, I was a really good shot in the army. And then I went to an Appleseed uh, Project weekend, and I'm like, woohoo, yeah, I'm a marksman, right? <laughs> and so I sat down, and, I, you know, I, I, they give us a little history lesson on the right to keep and bear arms. And, and then we went through the training, and I realized how little I actually knew about riflemanship. How little I knew. I thought, well, the army taught me. The army didn't teach me anything about how to properly shoot a rifle. And I walked away that weekend with muscles hurting I didn't even know existed. Because I am like, they're teaching me how to hold the strap and to shoot in different positions. And I mean, I was still pretty good at it nonetheless. But <laughs> but uh, I um, <laughs> but I just want to say you will learn so much no matter how much you know. You'll learn so much. So I interrupted you, Patrick. Go ahead. Continue. Um, when I was 11, I went to my first Appleseed event. Um, you you have history on both the Constitution and the events leading up to April 19th, 1775. And if you don't know what that day is, you need to look it up. <laughs> um, that's your homework. Uh, I would be very disappointed if you don't know what that day is. It's a very important day, but no spoilers. So they give you history of the events leading up to that day and then history of what happened on that day. Um, we call it the day that marksmanship met history. Um, so I got very excited with all of that, being able to, one, teach people how to shoot. I became an instructor in training is what they, they call them. Uh, I got to teach people how to shoot, and I also got to teach people history. And both of those things are things that I, I love and hold dear um, to myself. So that's that's really been my introduction into constitutional matters, because in a community with firearms and history, there's pretty much American history. Um, there's pretty much no way you can't get touched by anything 
um, constitutional. All right, so we're coming up on a break, and so I want to sort of get us prepared for the next segment. And what I'm going to be um, uh, what I'm going to be wondering on behalf of my audience is what. Okay, so let's let's start off here. You guys have all attended my five hour workshop. Yep. So uh, at different times, but at least everybody just what yesterday. Yesterday. Yesterday, you all attended my five hour workshop. So I want to know. What piece of that workshop touched you in such a way that it made you feel angry, sad, happy, impassioned, uh, and, and inspired you to do more about liberty? Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. We have our special guests today, and I'm very excited to have them. And I do want to remind our television show listeners that your show is shorter than the radio show. So if you, you're going to miss the whole last section. So if you want to finish the interview with these young people, you need to go to chrisannhall.com. And click on the radio show link, or you need to download my mobile app uh, from your app store for Android or for iPhone, and then you will always have these shows in their entirety every Monday through Friday. You guys only get one show a week, but the radio show is Monday through Friday. So we're going to continue now with our discussion, and these three uh, brilliant people sat through my five-hour workshop, and I want them to kind of critique me on this. I want to know what, what inspired you. We'll start with Patrick this time since you end, we ended with Patrick. So you go ahead and first. What touched you and, and made you, if anything, made you want to know more or do more? I think really um, the point you were making about all of the, the um, articles that we have, the, the Constitution, all of the principles in that are inherited Mm -hmm. um that was one of the biggest things for me um honestly i i i realized as well how little i do actually know about our constitution um and that kind of piqued my interest and kind of concerned me (laughs) it it really concerned me um having had a more constitutional upbringing than a lot of other people Mm -hmm. and even and i don't know a lot about it um Mm -hmm. For example, one of the things that you were saying is um, the five, what was it, the First Amendment, the five liberties in the liberties First, in the fir- First Amendment. Uh, I couldn't have answered all five of those. Um, and so, yeah, that, that concerned me. And now I want to learn a lot more about this. <laughs> what about you, Elizabeth? You've been, uh, you've, uh, 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 Tegan has only been with me for a, d- a day of teaching, but you have been through multiple classes for me with me. So tell me what actually have you pulled away from that since then? I, I would tend to say that one of the most important things um, that I've pulled away from what you've taught me, one of the things that I've 
appreciated most and that has really impacted me um, is actually the fact that each each of the 50 states have um, are, are independent sovereigns mm-hmm. and they're, they're free states and in, in and of that they they have the ability to make decisions um, exactly like what Great Britain or Germany um, could I guess you'd say and that that has been huge for me and I've passed that on to multiple people when they ask what I've learned from you because that is that's incredible to me that how do they receive that information um, I think a, a lot of it, it, it takes a while for them to di- digest because mm-hmm. it, it throws them, it, just like it threw me. I, I had no clue Idaho had the exact rights and ability to make decisions that Germany does. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not living up to that. Mm-hmm. And, and that inspires me to, with the little that I can do, um, make Idaho understand that and be able to act on that. Awesome, awesome. What about you, Tegan? I think one of the biggest things that stuck out to me was your account of James Otis Jr. Ah, you can make me cry. I love James Otis Jr. He is so amazing. And I I found myself, like, putting myself in his shoes. Mm -hmm. What would I have done? Mm Mm-hmm. I, I wrote a, a blog on this last night. My mom. Oh, I wondered what you were doing. <laughs> my, my mom and my grandpa made me start a blog so they mm-hmm. could see what I was up to this week. Um, so I wrote about the power of choice and mm-hmm. how um, each person in this country can choose for him or herself what she will or will not do to defend liberty. And I thought, what would I have done if I were James Otis Jr.? And I could have been killed on the spot. Mm-hmm. Would I have defended myself and people in generations to come? Or would I have done what is comfortable at the time? Well, let's fill in a little background yeah. for the people that are watching. James Otis Jr. was an attorney uh, during the colonial days. And in 1761... He uh, was standing up against the government's violation of the people's right to be secure in their person's houses, papers, and effects. Our Fourth Amendment was not an invention of our founders. It was in, taken from clauses 61, uh, sorry, sorry, clauses tw- uh, 38 through 40, clauses 38 through 40 in the Magna Carta. And when we get back from this break, we're going to fill you in a little bit more on James Otis Jr. and a little bit more on Tegan that she hasn't told us as to why maybe James Otis Jr. resonated with her and the importance of what Otis did for us. The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall, K R I S A N N E H A L L dot com. Liberty over security, principle over party, truth over your favorite personality. I want to just remind you again, I, I really am going to start. Uh, encouraging you to encourage your friends and family members to listen to the show and download the app. 
we are doing some very important things with the Liberty First Ministry. And the more people we can bring into the fold, the more power and influence that we have. Remember, the goal is to take back the narrative and speak truth. And so we were talking about James Otis Jr. before the break. And James Otis was an amazing man. And I want you to go ahead and look him up on the internet. What he did, our framers called him the midwife to liberty because in 1761, In the face of being charged with treason, James Otis Jr. took up a case against the government and their violations of their rights to the people's privacy and property. And on the day of February 1761, James Otis Jr. had a choice to make. Do I go into the courtroom and possibly be arrested and then hung the next day and everything that I've done is gone to waste or... Do I make the decision to not fight and wait another day? And that's what Tegan was talking about, She's th- this, uh, this decision, because I believe that history always repeats. How many of you saw that history repeated? Absolutely, yes. yes. So we covered the 700 years of history that, that developed our Constitution, and in those 700 years, did you see those things happening today? Oh, yeah, for sure. Just a little bit. No, a lot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just... Remotely or precisely? Precisely. Yeah. So our framers knew this, right? And I believe that this history is repeating right in front of us. We're going to be making the same decisions as James Otis Jr. And so Tegan is uh, trying to, uh, or well, what inspired you was James Otis Jr., right? Mm -hmm. And so what the audience doesn't know is that I think that Otis resonated with Tegan because Tegan has a desire at the moment, to be an attorney. Yes. So, yeah, yeah, so... And and knowing you as an attorney, you were in a similar position as Otis was. And I thought to myself, what if that's me someday? And I'm faced with a very important decision um, to do what is right mm-hmm. or to do what is comfortable. And his story just really inspired me and made me want to learn as much as I can and become as comfortable as I can in speaking out and standing up for what is right and what is true. Um, And I think going to the school that I do right now where pursuing truth and defending liberty is the motto Mm -hmm. that that will help me and give me the tools I need to do so in the future. I'm going to be at Hillsdale. Uh, You remember what day that is? It's August 31st. First, if I remember correctly, it's either the th- first. Is the thirty first or August first? Oh yes, oh, sorry, yeah. It's August first. Yes, it's okay. August first that I will be at Hillsdale because I I am flying up there just for that event. So I'll be at Hillsdale August first. I'm flying home on August second. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty exciting Not to me at as the well. College, no, yeah, yeah, but in the town. Yes. Yeah. But so I, I encourage any of my fellow peers at Hillsdale, if you are around or in Michigan at the time, check this out. You'll love it. <laughs> so, Elizabeth, where do you see the education that you have received through uh, uh, interning with me and through your own studies? Where do you see this constitutional knowledge taking you in the future? Tegan wants to take it mm-hmm. to the courtroom. Good luck, girlfriend. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. So anyway. <laughs> Um, at this point, I, I'm not entirely sure, honestly, and I, I so admire what you do and how you speak for truth, and I don't know if that's what the Lord is calling me to someday, but I'm very open and waiting to, to see what he's going to do with this, because I know he, I know he uh, 
helped me tag along with you for a while for a reason. And um, so right now, I'm taking it as a concerned citizen, and um, we'll see from there. Well, I think that's, well, every citizen should be concerned. Yes. For sure. Right? Yes. Every citizen should be concerned. And what we've learned so far, and I learned just as much as they do as I'm teaching and as I'm learning, because that's I'm I'm not a good teacher if I'm not learning at the same time. And so what we what we all need to learn is that if we are not concerned citizens, we can't have the information necessary to make informed decisions. That's what's happened in America. Mm-hmm. We've become constitutionally ignorant as a society so our policies are not guided by the constitution our policies are not guided by liberty principles our politicians probably couldn't find a constitutional principle with a map and now we have people making decisions in in voting based on uh policies that have nothing to do with the constitution and trying to make choices about people when they know and feel in their heart the, the internal, you know, the sort of internal inherent feeling of liberty that something's not right, but they're not getting any good choices. And I think that's a massive frustration. We're feeling the frustration in America. We're feeling the anger. And it's because we don't know how to find the right choices. Patrick, what are you going to do with what you've learned? Um, well, with, with what I learned, like I said before, one of the things that touched me is that all of these rights are are inherited all these Mm -hmm. liberties rather are inherited um my particular field of interest is media and film um what i don't want to have happen is that those those liberties stop being inherited at my generation Mm -hmm. if that happens you must totally been reading my mind because i my next question for you guys was going to be how important it is is it going to be for you to raise your own children with this foundation yeah I mean, that's right. It's about the future. And I think that's beautiful that you, you've you connected those dots, that it doesn't stop. It doesn't start with you. It doesn't stop with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with media being an interest of mine, um, perhaps the Lord will open up opportunities for me to get the word out there in video form. Um, that's something I would, I would greatly love to do. Uh, well, and then... Educating the people around me as to the best of my ability. I still have a lot to learn, mm-hmm. but currently... I know, I, I, I can pretty confidently say I know more about the Constitution than most of the people that I'm around. Um, I would even be Your almost, teachers. Willing, uh, <laughs> almost willing to say up to 90% of the people that I'm around. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what part of liberty do you feel most impassioned about? Can I think on that one? <laughs> All right, we'll go on to you, Elizabeth. What is the most what is what aspect of liberty? Because we cover so many in the five hour workshop, and there's no way that you can you know you can fight for every single one, right? So, which is the one that you feel most attached to? Uh, that is a very hard question because um, all of it resonates. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would tend to say that, well. I'm a very verbal person, and so I would tend to say that um, freedom of speech is pretty huge for me, and I want to get um, in a better habit of practicing freedom of speech. Mm -hmm. So I guess that would be 
one pretty important one. You know, I and say. I would also suggest to you the very first comment that you made about the state sovereignty. It seems to me that the sovereignty of the state is also something that has stirred you. And Don't when I'm asking that. you guys this question, you know, when you just recall listening to the presentation yesterday, what was it that you thought, hmm, you know? You know, something that's like, this is, this just makes me so mad. You know, when you, when you feel yourself unconsciously clenching your fist, then you have found something that has, you know, this is not right and I, and this is wrong, right? So that's kind of thing. What about you, Tegan? I think that, like, fist-clenching moment happened for me when we were talking about religious liberty. Mm-hmm. And um, I think you said something about um, a sword and... Mm-hmm. Um, the sword that you put in the hand of the government yes. will soon be the sword that persecutes you. Yes, exactly. Um, and I followed God with all my heart, and religious liberty is a huge aspect of my life. Um, but it's it, it did kind of open my eyes, um, thinking about if the government can outlaw one religion or restrict one religion or regulate the people of one religion in any manner, then they can do the same to me. Me. Yeah. As a, <laughs> as a member of one of the dominant religion mm-hmm. in this country. Yeah, absolutely right. So you're back on the hot yeah. seat now, Patrick. Yeah. I definitely agree with both of what, what they were saying, but I recall a quote yesterday talking about how um Keeping communication mm-hmm. uh, is what will preserve... Daniel Webster, if I were to lose uh, all my rights, save for one, I would choose to keep the power of communication, for by it I would soon regain all the rest. Yeah. Um, I think that quote kind of sealed it for me. I, I think I would agree with Elizabeth very much um, with freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. Well, that ties into your media passion. it does. And because mm-hmm. um, with that... I can preserve the right to all of these other things, mm-hmm. to um, religi- religious liberty, mm-hmm. to um, you know, freedom of the press. Right, to keep you and can, bear arms. Bear yeah, arms. all of that's tied in. Wonderful. So here's where we're going to go. We're getting ready to end up the television show and go into our last segment of the radio show. And in this last segment, we're gonna, we only have six minutes, which is going to go by really, really quickly. So what I want you guys to think about during this break is I want you to take a look at modern-day politics, okay? So now knowing what you know about the Constitution, I want you to tell me uh, two things very quickly. What do you personally think is the biggest obstruction to operating as a constitutional republic, and what is the most formidable solution that we have based on what you learned yesterday? Because that's what we did. We went through the proper applications, we went through the problems, and then we addressed the solutions. And so I want you guys to to think about that, talk about that, and uh, we will come back after the break. Now, I hope you guys have really enjoyed this as much as I have. I I cannot tell you how much it it inspires me and encourages my heart to be sitting with these young people and uh, knowing that everything that I'm doing is not going to stop with me, right? So whatever happens to me and my family, we have sowed the seeds of liberty and it cannot die. 
My right to tote the weapon of my choice. Don't censor my voice. Hate me if you won't, or love me if you can. If the truth is what you want, then you found your man. I ain't backing down, I ain't backing up. If you think like I think, then crack it on up. I won't back up, I don't back down. I've been raised up to stand my ground. Take my job, but not my Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back, Radio Crowd, with my wonderful guests, uh, Tegan, Elizabeth, and Patrick. And now I'm going to give them the hardest question of the evening. What do you think is the greatest obstacle in politics today? You have to do it very quickly. What do you think is the greatest obstacles today? And what are the most practical, formable solutions to fixing our government problem? And we'll start with Elizabeth. I would tend to say that the greatest obstacle would be ignorance and laziness. And uh, that I would simply say because I have seen how ignorant um, the nation is and how ignorant I was before understanding uh, from Chrisanne um, some of the things that she has spoken on. And uh, laziness being the fact that way too, it's way too easy to not act upon what we know. And so that would be the biggest obstacle. And then I would say that um, a great solution would be nullification. Woohoo! All right. What about you, Tegan? Well, I would say that um, a huge obstacle to being a constitutional republic at this time um, has been the federal government claiming uh, powers that are not dele- that have not been delegated to them mm-hmm. um, that have been reserved to the states um, and like Elizabeth has said the the solution to this is nullification that the states must stand up for the powers that are reserved for them and only them woohoo all right Patrick, you're well, up to the plate, my man. <laughs> okay. Um, what really bothers me and what, what I think greatly stands in the way is um, similar to what, what Tegan was saying with the states uh, or the federal government claiming the power of the states. But that also ties in with what Elizabeth was saying about people being lazy. The reason the federal, federal government has been able to do that is because the people have been lazy and they don't know their stuff. So I think both of those are, are very, very valid things. Right, because one is the symptom of the other, mm-hmm. right? So the the federal government stealing power from the states is the symptom of the ignorance of the people and the laziness. Because I think what you're trying to tell us, Patrick, is, is we're asking government to do things that we should be doing for ourselves. Yes, very much so. We like to be comfortable. We like people to take care of us rather than looking after ourselves. That's human nature, by the way. (laughs) Very, very much so. If um, I think a good example of that would be um, the would be taxes and how the money is being redistributed, um, people taking the benefits of the government. If people, if plunder is easier than work, 
people will blunder. Um, and taxes. Have are, you read Frederick Bastiat's The Law? I have. That's where oh, I'm getting this bump. from. All right. <laughs> That's where I'm getting this from. Um, legalized theft. Taxes are a form of legalized theft. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, really, really, what I think is that if people were to um, understand that they, in their own communities, they in their counties, well, even smaller, on an individual basis, um, the the government should work basically flipped exactly mm-hmm, from right. how it is right now. It should start on an individual basis, go to a county, go to the state, go to the federal government. Mm-hmm. And the same um, is true for how the power should be. Um, and this is, this is sort of the solution. If the power was, if the people would take their power back, mm-hmm. um, that would affect the county. Mm-hmm. That would be a great thing because then... If you have corruption on a county level, you can go knock on your neighbor's door and you can say, <laughs> hey, this is wrong. Right. Um, it's a much more localized way to deal with the corruption. Mm-hmm. And so from that, um, you can take your counties and do the same thing. Go knocking on the state's door mm-hmm. and the state can go knocking on federal government's door. Well, this is the, the, the constitutional republic. What you have just described is the form and the function of a constitutional republic because government governs best when it governs least and it governs at home. So the bigger you are at home, the smaller you are, the further you get away from your home. Well, thank you guys so much. And I hope that everybody has enjoyed this show today. I don't get to have guests often. So I just want to say thank you. God bless everybody. See you tomorrow.